Welcome to In The Money with Shannon Rossick from Flyer Financial Technologies, the company that builds cutting-edge technology designed to solve asset and wealth management firms' toughest trading workflows. In this podcast, we help advisors and asset managers understand how technology is transforming the wealth tech sector. We'll cover how to leverage technology for faster, smarter investment decisions, mega trends, and more. Shannon draws from years of experience in the industry, along with guest experts to explore the biggest challenges and opportunities in the wealth tech game. Now, on to the show. Welcome to In The Money. I'm your host, Shannon Rossick. I'm fortunate enough to be joined by Daniel Needham, president of Morningstar Wealth Management Solutions. Today, it's all about the TAMPs. From giving time back to advisors to reaping the benefits of outsourcing, there's no denying the advantages and that the TAMP universe continues to grow. So let's dive in. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thanks, Shannon. Appreciate the invitation and looking forward to the, uh, to the conversation. Absolutely. But before we talk TAMPs, I always like to get to know my guests a little bit better. And you're Australian, correct? That's right. The accent's a giveaway. <laughs> it is. It, I only said it because it holds a special place in my heart. I got engaged there seven years ago. And it's, you know, it's one of my favorite places in the world, but it's also one of the most interesting because it seems like everything there can kill you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you seem to have survived. So congratulations. Uh, where did you, uh, where did you get engaged? So it was actually this little island um, outside of Sydney. I forget. It had some long, outrageous name, but you had to take a seaplane to get there. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, um, so I, it was a full full bachelor scene out of The Bachelor or something. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So, and I, I may or may not have told my now husband, you know, you better step it up considering the way you asked me to be your girlfriend, you know, over a decade ago, you better step it up for the engagement. So, <laughs> so he certainly did, but it's, it's one of my favorite places. Do you get to go back much or? Yeah, I go back. I mean, I wasn't able to go back for two years during the, from sort of March, 2020 to March, 2022. So Australia was pretty closed for that period. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was able to get back in March and I'll be heading back there later this year. And uh, yeah, so I grew up in Sydney, actually. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty biased. I, I think it's probably one of the greatest cities. And uh, it is. <laughs> yeah, played a lot of rugby and rugby union and stuff growing up there. So, but uh, it's a bit of an outdoor city as well. So as you probably saw, it's a bit, maybe like Southern California, but uh, you can yes. pretty much do everything all year round, which is quite different to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, have you, have you adapted to the, to the cold? <laughs> I don't think anybody does, but uh <laughs> But, you know, but people kind of love to talk about the weather. But, uh, yeah, the winters are brutal here. Yes, yes, they they can be. But uh, I feel like it builds character in Chicago if you could survive those winters. And this is coming from somebody from the East Coast. So yeah. I, I, I understand that type of cold that, that makes your back hurt. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's a lot around. of characters in Chicago. So maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that could be it, too. And, <laughs> and before we dive in, I have to ask one thing. They, they sometimes like to torture folks, especially Americans in Australia. And we got the biggest prank played on us and we got told watch out for drop bears and yes, we were told yes. don't, don't be careful when you look up in the trees because these little bears basically will just yeah, yeah. fall out of the trees and attack the you, only so. the only thing that works actually is to put vegemite on the back of your neck um that's vegemite. uh vegemite uh so similar to marmite that's the only thing that keeps them away so <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that part, but but we we for the first few days we were legitimately concerned <laughs> about drop bears falling out of the trees and attacking us. So. Yeah, that's that's definitely a hobby in Australia for when Americans <laughs> visit. <so. laughs> uh, well, well, it's hilarious. It stuck with me all these years, so it, it clearly worked. But, that's um, good. That's good. <laughs> but enough of the drop bear tangent and you know, we'll dive we'll actually dive into the conversation now but to set the stage a little bit you know Daniel tell me a little bit about your professional background and why you ultimately do what you do today yeah I, so I uh, grew up in Sydney as I mentioned and uh, you know started on the investment side of of the industry and so uh, ended up working for a company called Intech Investments. And, um, and so we were mainly providing uh, investment advice and investment management to institutions in Australia. So defined benefit funds, treasury treasury assets, insurance companies. And uh, and so I, I, I worked there as an analyst and then became chief investment officer for that business. And Morningstar bought it in July 2009. And so that was you know one of the best things that's happened for me and my career and the team. And so it's been a great home. And uh, so it's been a bit of time working in Australia uh, and then in 2015 moved to the um, 2013 sorry moved to uh, the UK and led uh, Morningstar's um, European investment management operations uh, had a couple of years there and then in 2015 moved to Chicago in the US to, to lead the uh, investment management group which has been great and um, and so that's been you know a really Morningstar has been a great place to to grow your career and really gives you opportunities uh, and so we created the Wealth Management Solutions Group, uh, which I'm president of now at the beginning of this year. So sort of made that transition. And, uh, and so the focus is to really be a trusted partner for um, investors around the world and advisors around the world. And so we're working to create an integrated suite of uh, wealth offerings that ref- really reflect Morningstar's unique insights. We want to deliver flexibility and choice to advisors. Uh, and we want to be able to make sure that advisors can really personalize the financial advice they deliver to their clients. And so we combine the investment management business, Morningstar Office, which is our portfolio accounting business, uh, as well as our investment data aggregated business file accounts, and then our individual investor businesses, which includes Morningstar.com, which most people know. Uh, and so we combine th- those into the group. And so it's been really exciting and, uh, and uh, sort of been a nice combination of the different parts of Morningstar that I've worked in. Fantastic. So we did promise listeners we'd talk TAMPS today, and I know you've covered that a fair amount lately, but this topic never gets old. So let's really set the stage on the current TAMP landscape. You know, many TAMPS are still focusing on providing outsourced investment management to financial advisors, but it seems like the real competition today is to build a truly comprehensive wealth management platform that ultimately checks every box for BDs and RAAs. How is Morningstar approaching this trend? Uh, I mean, I think we would agree with that trend. It, it, I think that movement you described is is what we're what we're seeing. And so, uh, and you mentioned at the beginning, you know, the idea of you know it's all about TAMPS, and you know, we, we think there's a bit of a transition happening within certain um, parts of the market. And so, so we think you know TAMPS are moving from the, the industry moving from TAMPS to to wealth management platforms, and and we're certainly we we. We believe that's the case, and we think that there's a number of important trends that are, that are driving that. But a, but a wealth management platform is more of that end-to-end solution and platform where an advisor can run their practice, and it's kind of a workbench. Um, it's not just your own uh, your own technology, but it's also other you know integrations, other technologies, um, and and thinking about that full workflow, um, different elements of the workflow, so that the advisor can use you for part of that or use you for for the entire end-to-end. And so for us, it's about you know, how do you how do you give time back to the advisor 
make it easy for them to run their practice. And so that's a that's a real focus for us. And so so what we we have a turnkey, we have a TAMP, um, but we're we're really shifting it to to be a wealth platform, which you know we think is is really important. And and, and I don't think there's going to be 20 of those in the industry. I think there's probably going to be something like you know a dozen or so, uh, half a dozen, sorry, a uh, half a dozen to a dozen. Because this kind of leads to my next question too. You know, really over the last decade, we've seen the TAMP market evolve into, I would say, two really basic types. So you have your product TAMP offering proprietary investment strategies and platform TAMPs really offering investment products and third-party strategies delivered, you know, via proprietary software. So today, where does your wealth management platform fall? It, it's a it's a good question. And I kind of say... um not neatly into those two <laughs> categories is probably what I'd I'd say, and I don't know. Do you probably hear that a bit from people if you ask that question? Um, but um, you know, so we at Morningstar, you know, with our data and research and insights, you know, we've really focused on building investment solutions to deliver, you know, compelling um, uh, building blocks for financial advisors to deliver advice and implement that advice. And so, so we're definitely. If you think about a proprietary product TAMP, we, we definitely have a very um, compelling set of proprietary investment strategies. Um, but but we're also working, you know, to to build some of those platform TAMP features, um, and so making sure we're giving flexibility and um, and choice to advisors, um, and so broadening out the set of offerings that are available, and working to create, you know, more integrations with third parties. And so, so you know, we're probably sitting somewhere in, in the middle, I, I guess. And But our, our, our goal is to be able to continue to serve advisors and really provide more and more pieces um, for them to run their practice and, and to deliver. And when you think about all those businesses I mentioned, you know, file accounts and office, you know, we've actually got a lot of the building blocks that, that, that most wealth management stacks kind of will be using. So, so for us, um, you know, we'll probably continue to sort of straddle that, those, those two correct categories for a period. And you've mentioned, obviously, your, your target market is advisors, but what's the sweet spot in there? And will you ultimately only be offering Morningstar products on this platform? Yeah, so, so the sweet spot for us, I mean, we, we don't have a specific um, category that we, that, we, that we target. You know, our view is that more, you know, people, most advisors in the industry, most firm, RIA firms, have used Morningstar's data or research at some point. Uh, many have used our tools like Advisor Workstation. They know our proposal workflow. Um, and so, and a lot of them enjoy enjoy the way we do things. They enjoy the insight. They, they, they appreciate how it helps them deliver advice. So, so we, we think we can help um, most advisors, but historically we focused on uh, independent, small to mid-sized independent RAAs and then fee-based advisors that are more affiliated to broker dealers, mainly independent BDs and, and some insurance BDs. Um, but, but, you know, we, we serve all sizes and all kinds. And, uh, um, and so for us, you know, we think there's always the opportunity. We just want it, the more advisors we can help, the more end investors that we can help. And our mission at Morningstar is to empower investor success. And, and we think, you know, the, the financial advice industry is really critical in, in delivering good outcomes um, to investors. Um, will we be opening um, up to third parties? That's a great question. And uh, I, I would say that, you know, we should, uh, you should watch this space for the beginning of 2023. Noted. <laughs> so here's the million dollar question. I'm sure you get a lot, but I'm, I'm curious, how does the Wealth Management Solutions Group differentiate itself from the competitors in the space right now? Yeah, I, you know, I think if you look at Morningstar as a whole, especially within the wealth segment, 
I mean, we, we touch so many parts of the, of the industry. Um, and, and in many cases, sitting behind a lot of, you know, popular providers and applications is Morningstar data is really powering it. And so, um, so we're in a kind of a, I think a unique position in that sense that we've got a really trust, we got a strong brand, got a great reputation, we're ubiquitous in the industry from a data research and insights perspective. And so we start from a very strong position, I think in, in that regard with advisors and, um, and so we, we looked, when we created the Wealth Management Solutions Group, this has been a deliberate um, strategic decision to bring the best of Morningstar together for advisors. And I would say that historically, we just haven't connected the pieces up. And um, we, we, we looked at the industry in the US and around the world, and, and we, we're just very bullish on the role of financial advice. We think it's going to continue to expand. And so, so that was a really key decision point for us. And, and you know, the key questions we need to ask, were, where do we want to focus and how should we allocate our resources to better serve advisors? And so I like the Jeff Bezos framework. I like a lot of what Jeff Bezos has done. I think the framework, he, he has this framework, which he calls, um, you know, durable trends, where he says, okay, in the next 10 years, what are things that, that, that I could say um, will still be the case? I could, you know, that, for example, he used the, you know, will, will, um, will end consumers want, um, you know, free delivery or, you know, like, or will they want the delivery to get more efficient? And so for us, it was, um, you know, our, will advisors still be interested in scaling their practices and improving profitability? Um, you know, do they want more low-cost investment solutions? Will they want more low-cost investment solutions or less? Will they be more reliant on financial planning or less reliant? Um, will they want less friction in their daily tasks or more friction? Um, you know, will they want less flexibility and choice or more flexibility and choice. And for us, it was pretty clear to us that, you know, advisors are going to want to continue to scale their practice. The amount of work advisors need to do is only going to go up. Um, you know, we think that scale, you know, the advice practices are, are, are effectively, they're a scale business. And so being able to deliver things at a lower cost as you get bigger is going to be critical. And so, so for us, they were the bets that we wanted to make. And, and we think, you know, bringing the pieces together. So investment management capabilities, the TAMP, Morningstar office, which is really our portfolio accounting and reporting business aggregation and some of the insights that we have in our investor business. If we can serve that up into an easy to use end to end workflow, it's going to be very compelling. And, and, and we already think the pieces we have are compelling. And so, so, so to be able to position ourselves as the workbench where you, you can get all of Morningstar, the best of Morningstar, as well as the best of third-party integrations in one place. Um, we think that's going to be compelling. And, and the feedback we've had so far from, from the advisors we work with and, and other people we partner with has, has been quite positive. And so, but, you know, we're, we're bullish on the industry. And so, and we're, we're long-term thinkers and, and investors. And so this is the beginning of that journey. And so maybe ask me again in five years. Uh, <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll set the date for five years from now right. and set a follow-up <laughs> podcast. But while those are incredible benefits for, for the advisors and end users of the platform, but as a follow-up, what do you think are the biggest threats to the TAMP business right now? What's kind of keeping you up at night? Yeah, I think um, to me, I, I think about, I, I break things into controllables and sort of controllables isn't actually a grammatically correct word but i use it anyway controllables <laughs> I might steal and, it <laughs> yeah controllables and non-controllables or and so i think there's a lot of big risks in the industry that all firms face um regulatory risk and you know technology technological sort of disruption um 
and market risk. Obviously, we're in that period now, and and you can't really do much about that. I mean, obviously, you can make some longer range strategic decisions of do I want to be in the industry or not. But once you made that decision, you know, there's not much you can do about them. So so whilst maybe the, there are periods, you know, when markets are markets can kind of keep you up from night to night every now and then. But but generally, they're not the things I worry about. Um, you know, I think when you think about an advisor is a small business owner. Generally, they you know they may work for a, a broker dealer or they may be an RA, but but you know that they're partnering with you and they really rely on you um, as a key service provider. And it's not like you know they're a part of a huge firm where if one thing goes wrong, another service provider can pick it up. You, they're really relying on you. So for me, the it's the day to day activities, you know, the details that make the difference over the long term. So delighting our clients, advisors every day, improving our services increasing our efficiency and you know even now it's like we're in a volatile period and are we what are we doing to help today to help advisors and clients navigate the conditions with say compelling messages and so to me like what keeps me up at night is making sure that as we get bigger that we're staying focused on the day-to-day every day um and so that we're delivering for advisors and investors and um, and to me, that's what I call the controllables. And so we're a mission oriented, you know, empowering investor success. And, you know, it's making sure that we're doing the, the right things day to day. And, and Buffett, Warren Buffett, who's kind of one of my, one of my heroes, uh, you know, he has a great line. He says, on a daily basis, the effects of our actions are imperceptible. Cumulatively, though, their consequences are enormous. And it's a classic long term compounding, you know, Ben Franklin mindset. But but to me, that's actually the thing that is the biggest threat to a business is that slow drift into complacency and losing touch with what your purpose is. And so that's what keeps me up at night, especially as you grow or you invest and acquire businesses. How do you maintain that entrepreneurial, um, you know, winning the inches kind of mindset? So anyway, that's probably not the answer that most people expect, but, but that's, I, I actually think it's one of the most important fundamentals of business. Well, and, and I could, I would argue that that's also a differentiator because you are such a big business to continuously be focused on those details. That's what people notice. Like you said, over time, you know, those small incremental changes. So, you know, regardless whether you've had some sleepless nights or not, you're clearly doing something right because you're just named top Tampa of 2022, which congratulations, by the way, you you know, obviously Morningstar has always been really the industry gold standard for data research, due diligence, and, you know, including having a TAMP for almost two decades. So why was now the right time to invest in the wealth platform? Yeah. Well, thanks for the, yeah, the call. I, I, I think for us, it's great to get that recognition and the team worked really hard. And, um, and so to be called out, I also know that, you know, some of our comp- the comp- competing firms also work really hard. And so I, I think, you know, the industry itself is doing a great job for advisors and investors. And so I think it's really just great for us to be a part of that. And, and each firm approaches things their own way. And, um, and, uh, and I like how we do things, but, but I think advisors are well served in the US market. Um, but for us, why the wealth platform now? Why invest? Um, you know, when we look at the trends in the industry, um, we, you know, we think the, the, the number of clients and the number, so the number of households and the number of assets and the number of challenging questions, they're only going to grow over the next decade and or next two or three decades. And, um, and advisors need to be able to help and serve them. And so we think flexibility and choice is just one of the top needs for advisors. And we want to, and for us, investing in our 
platform or building our platform out with the TAMP and bring all those pieces together is really the key way for us to do that. Um, and, you know, that flexibility is in how an advisor wants to run their practice, you know, how they want to deliver, de deliver advice, um, you know, what investments do they want to be able to combine and rebalance and deliver for their clients. And so, so we think that's a, a really big opportunity for us. And so we've been investing pretty aggressively uh, in the business and, um, and, you know, the goal is for the wealth management platform to be that end-to-end -end solution that brings the best of Morningstar together for advisors. And, you know, we've got that breadth of capabilities and, as you mentioned, unique insights. We, we really prize elegant design um, with our solutions. And uh, when you look at that sort of, you know, the capabilities, the insights, the design, if we can deliver compelling value for an advisor, then, um, then we'll be pretty excited about um, you know, being a part of the industry and 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 delivering those services alongside other great firms that that do the same. And the digital experience is a big topic at all the conferences. It has been for several years now, both for the advisor and the investor. So paint the picture a little bit for me. Walk me through the digital experience that one would receive on Morningstar's platform. Yeah. Um, so, you know, implementing advice for investors is pretty cumbersome I, I you're probably aware of that and uh, especially if you're dealing with multiple service providers and if there's a home office that needs to be in there from a you know, compliance and regulatory perspective but but that gets pretty complicated and so um, I think as an industry we've got you know a lot of work to do to kind of get to that seamless digital experience and a lot of the the um, the you know like the Amazon or, or you know the Netflix or Spotify those kind of consumer-based applications but I think I think we can do that so so for us you know what we're working on with our digital workflow is how do we meet advisors where they are in their workflow and use technology and service to free them up so that they can spend more time with their clients and less time, you know, navigating multiple service providers. So that's really the value. Part of the value we bring is actually make that account opening. So it's from that onboarding experience with an advisor, you know, when an advisor sitting down, how do you make that proposal workflow really compelling and make it easy for an advisor to, to do two things at once, meet with the client, but then also make sure that you're getting that right information um, to be able to build the solution that's right for the client. So the asset allocation choice, investment selection, be able to see what that looks like with a hypo tool, you know, like, so, you, and it's that workflow that allows the advisor to continue to do it and then be able to implement that, have really easy to, to follow uh, reporting, a place where you can track where all your client accounts are in, in one place. Um, you know, you want to be, be able to access all of our IP research data analytics all in one place. And so for us, it's how do we deliver that in a really seamless, well-designed um, workflow? That's, that's the focus for us. And, um, you know, I think um, the digital adoption has really picked up, you know, as, as you would know, suppose the pandemic, there's obviously a lot of really terrible things that came out of the pandemic. But one of the positives was the acceleration of digitization and, or digital adoption across lots of industries where you probably thought it was never going to happen. <laughs> and so I feel like the advice industry really probably moved forward five or 10 years uh, in, in, a, in, in probably less than two, just out of necessity. And so, you know, we've seen a really encouraging adoption of our digital account opening. So effectively being fully digital, no paper, no wet signature. And so a third of, of our advisors are now opening accounts completely digitally, which for us is really encouraging to see. And, um, and so, but again, I, I, I think that workflow, that the UI, the experience, that digital, it's evergreen for us. We're going to continue to invest and build it out. We've got a really, we've got an iterative approach to design. 
we've got a great design team, excellent technology product team, so working together. So, um, but behind the scenes is another area where, you know, it probably doesn't get as much uh, as coverage, but the technology that you use behind the scenes. So for us, having the foundation, so you probably know we, we, um, we're partnering with SmartX um, mm-hmm. and we also made a, an investment in SmartX. We think they've got really excellent technology. So mainly UMA technology, you know, rebalancing, model management, um, uh, trading, the ability to sort of trade and measure por- uh, portfolio performance in real time. So that's going to become a core uh, capability that powers our, our TAMP to be able to deliver UMA. Um, and, you know, that for us is, is going to really help us accelerate our, our capabilities deliver even better seamless digital experiences for advisors. So I definitely want to dig into to integration partner, partners, and this is fun fact, but Morningstar actually partners with Flyer uh, to power its order management and trading connectivity for Morningstar Office. It's my shameless plug, if you will. But, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, uh, Morningstar Investment Management Trading Desk uses our co-pilot OMS to trade its book. So, and you mentioned SmartX, uh, utilizing investing in them. So what is Morningstar's approach to integration partners? I'd imagine you're pretty keen on API providers so you can be nimble and like you said, keep your products um, and updated and evergreen. Yeah, that's that's right. That's how we think about it. So third-party APIs allow us to, you know, consume best-in-class capabilities, but also seamlessly integrate them into the platform so that the workflow design and user experience is consistent with how we want to deliver that to, to our clients, um, for, for, to advisors and, and, and their investors. And so um, you know, we really want the platform to showcase, you know, Morningstar's trusted brand and the, the design, elegant design approach that we have. So making sure that we've got APIs that are sitting behind the scenes that can deliver things super quickly and effectively um, is, is really a focus for us. And so, um, yeah, I am, you know, that's why we enjoy working with, uh, with, with Fixfire and, um, and then also with SmartX. So, you know, SmartX, when we, we looked at that business at API first, and, and I think that's the way the industry is going. But as I mentioned earlier, I don't think there's going to be 20 wealth platforms. Maybe, maybe there's half a dozen, um, but they're not going to be building everything themselves. They're going to be connecting with third parties through integrations. And in many ways, I think they're called platforms, but they're not really platforms like a two-sided market. Um, um, but they're becoming more like a an, an ecosystem because it's not just your proprietary it's, it's bringing those together and surfacing them so and we we think it's only going to become more important absolutely so how do you see the wealth management solution evolving with other products that you offer for example like ESG data how will that ultimately ladder up to your technology yeah i think you know, we've got Morningstar Sustainalytics, which we think is is the, um, you know, some of the highest quality issue data and analytics that you can get in the industry. It's very geared towards serving institutions. And we're excited about bringing it um, into the wealth segment uh, and making it relevant, understandable and accessible for advisors and individuals. And and so for us, it's it's going to become important and, and we're excited about the future. Um, you know, ESG is becoming ESG and, and, and values-based um, investing are becoming more and more important and and we think they're going to become a critical part of most advisors workflows um, and for us it's about how do we may help the investors or you know the advisors working with the investors make informed decisions and having objective independent data that allows you to understand the impact of you know 
these factors on individual securities or funds is going to become important. Um, but there's a wide range of views and beliefs in the in the population in the industry, and um, and I would say that you know there's a wide divergence of what ESG means even, and so. Um, there isn't a one size fits all. So for us, it's it's about providing that flexibility and choice so that an advisor can work out what's important to the client. And it may just be one very relatively specific, relatively obscure thing. They're just like, I'm not going to invest in a company that does that. And, and it's across the spectrum, the political spectrum. Um, you need it. So you need to be set up to be able to help a person understand that. And so for us, it's it's the new frontier in a way of like that personalization. How do you help people build portfolios that match their preferences and values and beliefs, but still, most importantly, can get them on the journey to their financial plan? And so, so for us, it's about bringing that in. We've got PitchBook with our private market data. We're the leader in private, leader by a long way in private market data. <laughs> I should say John Gabbard, our CEO there, would, would like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, how, do, how can we bring and surface these capabilities inside our wealth platform? So from a product development perspective, it's really exciting. When we look out five to 10 years, um, you know, as we look to build out our data sets and our, our insight sets at Morningstar, it's exciting to kind of be able to take those and, and make them available to advisors. And so you brought up personalization and I know the wealth management solutions group is rolling out Morningstar direct indexing here soon, which means we can't talk about direct indexing without bringing up personalization at scale and trends around SMA and UMA because, you know, financial service professionals hear one question all the time from their clients more often than any other. Why can't you consolidate all of my investments into one place so I can get a comprehensive picture of my you know, financial situation here all the time? And obviously with SMAs and UMAs gaining traction because they do offer the advisor that flexibility um, and the ability to do more for their client, both in terms of personalization and tax management. So how is Morningstar staying ahead of this trend? Yeah, I think we see it as a really powerful trend, and um, and uh, and as we look at empowering investor success as our mission, you know, making sure that we're taking into consideration those personal preferences, values, beliefs, and tax household tax considerations are really important. So we've got some unique research and insights that you know have allowed us to deliver differentiated asset allocation models, equity, and fixed income SMAs within a UMA wrapper, and so we're launching our direct indexing solution in Q4 which will integrate the unique insights at Morningstar, which include our Morningstar indexes, Morningstar Sustainalytics, as you mentioned, um, equity research. We have, we have 100 equity analysts that cover 1,500 public equities at Morningstar. Oh, wow. we've got, yeah, we've got our own um, equity data set, our own unique equity data set. So we, we, we sell data feeds externally. Um, so we're able to, and we've been managing equity SMAs since about 2007. So we've got a lot of the capabilities to deliver direct indexing. And so we've been, working hard to, to build out that capability. So working with, you know, third-party providers on the optimization side and um, to, to get a compelling, you know, personalized values-based investment experience that delivers the best of Morningstar's research, along with, you know, technology that allows the advisor to work out what's right for the client. And so, um, you know, for us delivering that, you know, tax-optimized, low-cost, customized portfolio in a digital sort of seamless end-to-end experience, that's our goal with the uh, with the solution, and um, and so yeah, we think you know you, you can always be a bit skeptical about the per- you know when you hear these big trends of personalization, and um, um, it can feel a bit faddish at times, but but with it, you know the just the significant 
uh, improvement in computing power, the ability to move large amounts of data, to do optimizations, to, to call APIs so quickly, it's a game changer. And then when you meet that, you know, you know, the ability for technology to do things, you just couldn't think of 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you, you wouldn't have thought it was possible to do it so quickly with a drop in trading costs and then fractional shares. So it's a really confluence of, of innovations hitting at the same time or changes. So, so we think, you know, this idea of a, an individually managed sort of household tax, tax managed solution, we think that's actually potentially going to be the norm in, in a decade versus the kind of emerging exception. So that leads me into my next question perfectly because I love a good roadmap question. So beyond direct indexing, you know, what does the future look like for um, wealth management solutions over the next 12 months, 24 months and beyond even? Yeah, I, I think um, so the personalized, so direct indexing is really bringing that personalized, the ability to personalize portfolios. Um, so going beyond the equity portfolio, but to, to the sort of fuller multi-asset portfolio, you know, moving from, you know, UMA to household level management, you know, having the ability to provide that tax management overlay, um, bringing the different capabilities that we've got at Morningstar together so that, you know, an advisor can do portfolio construction. You know, they can, they can, they can build a portfolio, they can outsource, they can do some things themselves. Um, so for us, it's about how do we build that out? Um, our wealth platform, you know, we're, we're going to continue to add new functions and, um, capabilities to, to really lean into the advisor workflow. Um, and, um, you know, with, with some of the, um, potential for a more open platform next year, we think it's, it's going to keep us pretty busy, but I don't know. I kind of think about our, you know, there's so many areas where the, um, you know, the workflows clunky or cumbersome just in general in the industry. So I feel like if you just said, okay, let's just continue to innovate and then look for third party providers that can help us solve the problem or, or build and just continually getting better to deliver, to deliver that um, easy to use experience. And the, the dividend that we can, that we get out of this is that advisors can spend more time with their clients, deliver better advice. They can serve more clients. And uh, so it's definitely, a, you know, that kind of productivity uh, play for us. And so it's, it's kind of evergreen. Um, but generally, you know, the the big releases, you know, you, you kind of you do press releases and stuff for. So um, uh, we probably probably have a couple of those coming in the next couple of quarters. What? No exclusives here? No, I'm just I kidding. Know, that's right. <laughs> I would get you, in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want that. But I will say, Daniel, this conversation has flown by and we are almost out of time. But I do like to to wind down an episode with a fun question or two. So if you're up for it, I mean, you did indulge me about drop bear. So I'm hoping you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get really good roasted drop bear in some cafes in Sydney, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole separate episode. Well, That's right. but, but keeping in the theme of food, I do want to ask, what is your go-to spot in Chicago to impress a foodie? Yeah, I, there's a few. I mean, Chicago's restaurant scene is really awesome. So I, I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're in town, there's lots to do, but I get a few favorites. Um, so RPM Italian in River North. There's a few of these RPM restaurants there. That's a local restaurant, but, but I, I did some of the best, best Italian food. It's very sort of modern take on it. Um, and the girl and the goat in West Loop. I, I don't know how to define it's modern American, but it's awesome. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> Another one, I live in Lakeview, so Tom Yum Cafe, and it's not much to look at, but because I'm from Sydney, you know, Sydney's a very, in the cities, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, very multicultural cities, and we have a lot of Vietnamese and Thai restaurants, and um, and they generally small, 
They're not flashy. They've often got plastic furniture. But I found that the quality of the food is inversely proportionate to the to the quality of the furniture. And I was going to so, say, they're not wasting their money on furniture. That's right. They're putting and it into exactly. the meals. <laughs> so this cafe has got that, you know, traditional, it's probably the, I've, I think it's probably the best traditional tie in Chicago and it's got plastic furniture to match. So you can't go wrong. <laughs> well, careful. The secret's out. I will say, have you been to Sunda? That is one I of have, my, yeah. oh, that is my go-to every time I'm in Chicago. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> to sit outside actually, uh, if you're there and when the weather's nice. Uh, yeah, yes. uh, yeah, it's a good spot. <laughs> All right. One more question. I am a firm believer in having a healthy work-life balance, and I know you're an incredibly busy individual, but any interesting hobbies um, that you do or participate in during your quote-unquote free time? <laughs> well, given you've said interesting, I'm going to say they're interesting to me, but probably not to anybody else. But, you know, <laughs> I like to read and uh, exercise, and I love investing and uh, sharing meals with uh, my wife. And so I kind of I read, you know, two newspapers every day uh, and uh, I read about three or four on the weekend. And so, and I love investing. So I read annual reports and, um, you know, I'm more nonfiction than fiction, which is maybe a weakness, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's my, uh, that's my, they're my hobbies. Well, I was going to say that, that, that can take up a fair amount of time and I'm impressed by the dedication of every day as well, but that's what makes you good at what you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I think habits, I think that's what, uh, you know, if, Form your habits, form your habits early and make sure they're positive because you're probably going to be stuck with them for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Well, Daniel, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and getting to know you better. Um, please feel free to tell listeners where they can find resources and learn more about Morningstar Wealth Management Solutions. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Jen. Really appreciate the conversation. I mean, start your journey at Morningstar.com. Everybody should start their day at Morningstar.com. So, and you, once you're there, you can find all the great things about Morningstar. So, but uh, look, thanks for the time and great questions and great conversation. Thank you so much, Daniel. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast on all major podcasting platforms and follow Flyer Financial Technologies on LinkedIn and Twitter at FlyerFT or visit our website at FlyerFT.com to learn more. Thanks so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to In The Money, the show that delivers advisors, asset managers, broker dealers, and other technology service providers the knowledge they need to navigate this industry. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Flyer Financial Technologies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.